Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Noel is on an audio adventure. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deck, and most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Quick, before you forget your comments, uh, your feedback, your concerns, or your suggestions, go ahead at any point while this episode is playing, pause it, and give us a call. Speak your conscience, speak your truth, let us know uh, if you do not want your words to go on the air. That's right. Also, speak your untruth, whatever you wish. (laughs) Give us a call, 1-833-STDWYTK. Now, speaking of truths and untruths, Mm. Ben, we've spoken many times on this show about the the memory that you have or an image in your mind is just the last time you thought about something, right? That's true. That's true. Uh, Long-time listeners will 
we'll remember this because it's a very handy thing to point out whenever we dive into any number of topics. And that is, uh, take for instance, we'll, we'll talk about memories a lot today. Take for instance, uh, the memory of the first time you ate spaghetti, right? Okay, got it. That's a, that's a good, that's a good uh, example because it ties into taste smell, texture, all these other uh, sensory things that play a huge role in encoding memory. But And, and it's also yeah. probably not the first time you ate spaghetti. It is almost definitely not. It may not even be a real time that you ate spaghetti. You're just remembering the sensations that you associate with spaghetti. So we just may have helped you make up a memory. That never yeah. happened. And today's show is about memories. Think about it. Matt, memories are humanity's earliest version of time travel. You can hear a snatch of song, a vivid image pops up in your mind, or uh, something as small as a taste can send you rocketing out of the present into the past. In some cases, this is amazing and beautiful. Think uh, about smelling a, a cookie, a specific kind of cookie. Sure. Right? I mean, yeah. it, it really is time traveling. A fresh baked uh, cinnamon cookie or, or a Christmas cookie yeah. with the icing on it. Uh, the, this has been the launching ground for so many crucial parts of human existence and a lot of literature and art as well. Uh, Remembrance of Things Past by Proust. Essentially, it all starts because this guy dips a madeleine into, I think, tea or some sort of beverage, and he tastes it, and he goes, wow, I should write hundreds of pages about this. <laughs> uh, madeleine is a cookie, correct? Yes, yeah. Or yeah. a biscuit. Yeah, biscuit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, excuse us, right? <laughs> uh, but then also think about the way uh, people who are suffering from Alzheimer's are able to retain memories through music, right? Like they may have difficulty recalling certain people, places, or events in their lives, but they can sing and hit every note of uh, you know a song from the 60s that they really loved. Right, and the, and the hope of current research and future research is that you can – you can use that connection in some way to make even further connections. Right, exactly. Spot on. And here's the thing. This, this is the reason why I really appreciate you using the word hope there, Matt, mm -hmm. because as amazing as memories are, we still do not understand everything about them. We know, for example, that memories can be, as, as you said earlier, surprisingly treacherous and memories of the same event can change drastically over time. That's why, especially in the days before widespread video and audio uh, capturing ability existed, that's why so many people would swear they were at these big historical events after the fact. They yeah. didn't think they were lying. You know what I mean? The hundreds of thousands of people who claimed they were um, watching, you know, like the Hindenburg disaster. Well, that would probably be more than millions uh, or people who claimed that they were in or around Tombstone at the time of the uh, so-called Wild West, right? Uh, and during the titular shootouts and stuff, those people don't feel like they're lying. They genuinely think they remember it. And now we, we find ourselves inexorably drawn into the world of philosophy. Yeah. If a person's thoughts 
their experiences, their beliefs are indeed the basis for the reality in which they exist, then were they there? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. And we're, we're also going to get into realms here with memories of something like trauma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're talking, everything we've been talking about right now are memories that we would probably want to retain or at least to hone or to have the best version of or we think we have the best version of, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're speaking with memories of trauma or something like that, is there, you know, perhaps there is reason and rightly so for us to want to alter those memories or maybe even change them. Sure. And, and some people have attempted in the past to do this. Right. We know that people can, through accident or intention, alter memories in various ways. One of the, the big uh, debates regarding this would be the technique known as hypnotic regression. There are people who will swear up and down that hypnotic regression has been used as a psychotherapeutic tool to help people remember things that they had suppressed due to trauma. However, and this is not to say that doesn't occur, however, the evidence also shows us that people can be guided, steered, uh, pushed toward remembering things that did not happen or remembering things that happened in a different way in the objective reality. Yeah. And there are techniques and in, in psychological uh, ways to try and alter your own memories, either for good or for bad, or those of, the, of other people. But some of the kind of self-change things are like memory palaces, mm-hmm. constructing it within your mind, and then mm-hmm. altering the way you view this certain time or event. Um, there's a lot of fascinating stuff there. It's true, and we will we will inevitably hit different aspects of this. And along the way today, we will show you a little bit about how to hack your own memory. But this is, again, for information purposes only. Yes. Paul, Matt, and myself are not doctors. Uh, And even if we were, taking medical advice from a podcast is a terrible idea. Uniformly. No caveat. Terrible idea. Uh, Even basic psychological advice. Right. Don't take it from me at least. I wouldn't even follow any of our film recommendations if we're being <laughs> honest. At least none of mine. Uh, so I'll, I'll also share in the course of this episode a, uh, a very odd personal memory uh, and I, I would love some help or answers about this because I still have questions. But okay, we know that we can alter our own memories and other people can alter our memories. Uh, we know that we don't understand everything about memories. But what if we could take it a step further? What if we could actually erase a person's memory, a specific memory? In other words, what if we can take the plot of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind from the big screen to reality. That is what we are exploring today. And to do so, we need to first understand what exactly human memory is. So here are the facts. Let's begin with a summation of this idea of what is a memory by a gentleman named Richard C. Mose, M-O-H-S. He wrote, How Human Memory Works for our friends over at Mm -hmm. HowStuffWorks.com. 
I was going to say something that was like, we remember thee or something like that. <laughs> like, we're no longer officially with them, but they will always be with us. Uh, memory itself just describes the process by which our minds store and then recall information. And again, it's kind of connections, mm-hmm. both literally and physically and uh, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So for most of us, Mose writes, we talk about memory as though it is another part of our body, a thing we possess, like our organs or our fingers. But the tricky part here is that memory does not exist in quite the same way. We can't touch it. It's more of a concept for most people, or at least this was the case for the majority of human history. And it may be tempting for us to think of every single memory that we've ever had as a a single discrete specific thing. Imagine your first day at school, right? Or one of your first days. That memory uh, probably exists distinct for a lot of people. Or remember the first time you told a romantic partner you love them and so on. You can put yourself back in that moment. Yeah, just your meet cute even. The Mm -hmm. first time you saw your current partner. Right, exactly. When we when we think of these things on the offset, we think of them as a a single point, a snap in in this huge tapestry of experience that never ends until we die, and maybe continues a little bit after that. Yeah. But the problem is that all things are interconnected here, and memory is no different. Your first day of school also conjures up uh, the idea of like your trapper keeper, your backpack, what you have for lunch that sleepless night before. The first day of school. Well, it's also being colored by your subsequent experiences with school Act, and yeah. how you feel about, you know, high school. Let's mm-hmm. say you're, let's say you're in college right now. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about your first day of school, those memories are hitting because of the way memory functions, as we're going to get into here. It's hitting all of these different parts of your. Um, your memories. Yeah, right. Because each of these things is really the product of some incredibly incredibly complex Rube Goldberg-esque cognitive processing. Every time you or I or anyone recalls a memory, our brain is reassembling these very different impressions from a a, a picture of a spider web of cells scattered all throughout your brain in different areas. Each memory that you have and the larger concept of what we call memory is a group of different systems or webs interacting and playing a role in creating, storing, and recalling experiences. Mose has a great example of this. He talks about a pen. He says, you know, if you think of an object like a pen, your brain retrieves the object's name, okay, pen. Its shape, cylindrical, often, right, overwhelmingly. Its function, okay, it writes stuff. Disperses ink. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The sound it makes when it scratches across a page. For a lot of us, we would probably be more familiar with the click sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So each part of the memory of what a pen is exists in a different part of your brain, and then all you need is to think or hear the word pen And boom, it all comes together so fast, so quickly. You're not buffering. There's no speed. There's no moment where you're totally lost and you're thinking, well, that sounds sounds familiar. Um, hmm." Well, for some of us, uh, myself included, 
recalling specifics of things mm-hmm. is becoming more and more difficult. Uh, again, as myself, as I get older, it's odd. It's like the connections there aren't quite as uh, steadfast as they once were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So neurologists are still only at the, the beginning of understanding how all these different little mental processes come together to form what we call memory and to create what we call remembering. We do know a little bit about how memories form when everything goes right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So the first thing that happens is your senses are interacting with something in the world uh, generally. And these things, these sensations that your senses are picking up travel to this place in your brain called your hippocampus, which then integrates various separate sensations into a single cohesive experience. Uh, So again, kind of what we were talking about earlier, Ben, Mm. let's go back to that love of your life. And in this way, let's say it's your meet cutes. The first time you turn a corner, there's the person you end up being with for the rest of your life. Um, you you think about the way they looked, perhaps what they're wearing, the way sure. their hair was. Yeah. You heard their voice for the first time, or at least what you're imagining now, remembering the way their voice sounded the first time. You smelled uh, whatever whatever cologne or whatever you know smell they had going on, the deodorant, uh, maybe it was just their natural smell. Uh, this all gets rolled up into this single experience that we consider to be the memory, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, according to Mose, uh, he he actually goes into this uh, into the actual uh, occurrence in, in your brain. Right. He walks through how the hippocampus, along with the frontal cortex, analyzes the sensory inputs. This this is the process of encoding. So if essentially think of your hippocampus and the frontal cortex as the bouncers at the bar of your recollection. Oh, right. Nice. They're at the door. And what they will do is they and we're totally anthropomorphizing them here, but <laughs> but but they will say, let's say you're walking by and you smell an amazing gyro stand, right? Yeah. You're walking by a halal guys or whatever, and you smell this and it's a great it's a great smell, or you see something distinct there, someone's making shawarma or whatever. And your this goes to your brain, these sensory inputs, the visual input of watching that scene, uh, the olfactory input of smelling that. Uh, food, and then your hippocampus, your frontal cortex are the—they're uh, the entities that say this is or is not important. This does or does not make the pass. As we indicated earlier, if they make it through, if to your if, long-term memory, just your even your short-term. Really, oh, really? If they make it through and become a short-term memory, they exist in a small chunk for no more than twenty to thirty seconds for most people. Yeah. And then someone can ask you, like, hey, what was happening there, you know, 25 seconds ago? And you'll be like, oh, there was this guy. He's making shawarma. It was great. You know, not life-changing, but, yeah, you want some shawarma? That's how that will work. But uh, let's let's step back for a second. Uh, so as these bits of information get collected in short-term memory, they're stored in different parts of the brain, we still don't know – how our brains identify all these things and know what to match to which event, right? 
So we know that we do know the physiological or I should say the neurochemical process here. We all have nerve cells in our brains. They connect at things called synapses, right? A synapse is a connection there. And these cells fire electrical pulses across the space between your nerves. And when they fire these electrical pulses, it triggers the release of these neurotransmitters. Think of them like chemical couriers. The neurotransmitters spread the information they carry across the spaces between the cells. Each single brain cell can form thousands and thousands of these links, creating all these other connections, these webs that we mentioned earlier. The typical brain has about – typical human brain, I should say, has about 100 trillion synapses. But these connections are not set in stone. They constantly change as your brain cells organize themselves into different groups to process information in different ways. And here's where long-term comes in. Every time that your brain cells send these messages to one another, the synaptic connection between them grows stronger. We can't emphasize this enough. This is real mind over matter. Your thought processes, the things that you choose to think about with no ostensible physical action of your own, these things will change the physical composition of your brain. I believe we may have mentioned it on previous episodes, but we can see this effect over time and it becomes quite profound. Uh, London taxi drivers, right? The area of the brain associated with spatial reasoning in taxi drivers who have been driving for decades is physically, noticeably, significantly larger than that of the ordinary driver. Uh, same thing with the parts of the brain responsible for empathy in uh, Buddhist uh, Buddhist monks who have meditated for quite a while. As well as professional Magic the Gathering players who mm -hmm. have you know, been playing for a long enough time. Like of course. it's crazy how many cards they have to remember and all the, yeah. all the different actions. I mean, you've done some real Twilight Zone stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, we, we also know that filtering occurs during this encoding process. Most people don't remember most things, right? But we still don't know exactly how this works. We're going to pause just for a second. Let's all try to remember <laughs> what, mm -hmm. what we examined here. And then we'll be back to explore short and long-term memory after a word from our sponsor. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. Now, as we were discussing before, not all memories are created equally and not all of our senses are stored in the same way. Because really, if you think about how much stuff we interact with every day, how many things we see and smell and touch, uh, if we kept all of that, it would be it would be nearly impossible to sort through, even with the processing power of our brains. So a lot of experts actually believe that memory exists in three stages. A lot of times you'll hear short-term versus long-term memory. So let's, let's jump in here. The first type is the immediate sensory memory. That's just what is occurring right now, the way this table feels when I touch it. Then there's short-term memory, which is, again, about that 20 seconds or a little bit, you know, give or take a certain period of time, I remember how that table felt when I touched it. And then finally, long-term memory. And then that is just me when I'm walking around at the house thinking about what that table felt like when I touched it, right? Or I'm remembering it for the next time. So each memory has to successfully pass the filtration to get to the next tier, to go from sensory to short-term to long-term. And long-term memory can store... As far as we can tell, an unlimited amount of data for an infinite amount of time. We, but yes. Or sorry, an indefinite amount of time. Yes, There's yes, not yes. a hard limit on it the way short-term memory is. We should also make a, a slight detour here to say, yes, so-called total recall memory, eidetic memory does exist, but it is very, very rare. That's the ability to recall something in near totality after having only seen it once briefly. And there are 
people who really can do this. There are uh, people who have the ability to look at a photograph and then draw it really accurately yeah. from memory. Uh, there are people who can tell you what they had for breakfast on, you know, June 15th, 1998. And they can tell you what time it was when they had breakfast, you know? Yeah, but like you said, extremely rare. Extremely, extremely rare. Uh, for for me, I couldn't tell you what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Right, and true photographic memory, as far as we know, like the the actual facts, true photographic memory has not been universally proven. There are there are compelling things, right? But then this ties into the idea of the so-called savant syndrome, mm-hmm. right? So that's a story for another day, but the rules we are describing for memory apply to easily 98%, if not more, of the human population. Matt, you're absolutely right. Long-term memory is something that you have to earn. If you're a little lingering scent of jasmine or lavender, uh, you start off in sensory memory and you have to you have to crew up with other sensory uh, with other sensations, right? To progress through that hierarchy and hit the you know hit the big win, the immortality of a long-term memory. Most people have a pretty good memory. So the brutal truth of this is any of your friends, any of our friends uh, who say, oh, I'm terrible with names or oh, I've just I got such a terrible memory. The fact of the matter is I'm not going to say they're lying to you, but they're not really trying to encode memories. Most people are, are pretty good at this st- sort of stuff. Various factors affect our memory at different junctures and like a lot of other physical faculties, memory does seem to degrade with age, but we all typically start out with a with a pretty sharp ability to recall things. Uh, one thing that's interesting about how uh, how memory can be affected every time this great computer called your brain retrieves it uh, goes into – I'm thinking about the best way to put this. Okay, so we have all probably heard the idea of – set and setting or scene and setting for people who do hallucinogens, right? If you are already feeling anxious and you ingested a hallucinogenic substance in a place that is a very stressful environment, Mm -hmm. you know, where like sirens randomly go off and there are 400 strangers you don't know, right? And they all want to get in line for the bathroom, essentially every outdoor concert ever, whatever. Then you're going to have a weird time. Memory is also vulnerable to the present physical surroundings uh, that you are in when you generate a memory. So if you are having a if you are having a great time, you're super relaxed, let's picture it. Um, you're on a hot tub on the shore of a beautiful island. It's a nice cool ocean breeze. The sun's setting, you're hang in with people you like or whatever, you're at peace, get a cold, frosty beverage sitting on the rim of the hot tub, whatever. And you remember something that was sad or painful or hurtful, the fact that you are in a nice, relaxed, secure, comfortable setting when you recall this is going to, studies show, 
or studies seem to indicate strongly, it's going to help mitigate the the psychic trauma of that earlier thing. Uh, the the stuff that surrounds us in the present affects the way we see our past. Yeah. No, that I can totally see that. I mean, that's why if you're going to see a therapist or something, it is in that type of set and setting that is meant to be serene, right? Mm-hmm. As you're working through uh, some memories that are perhaps painful. It makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Now I'm, now I'm thinking all therapists should just have hot tubs. Yeah. And uh, frosty beverages. I mean, you've been saying that for years. And a sunset. <laughs> and you're good to go. <laughs> Only a sunset. Night therapy. That sounds like a, a, a strange show. Maybe on Cinemax. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> late night, HBO, something like that. So, so these long-term memories differ from our short-term memories. Our short-term memories are actually going to be – they're going to have a higher chance of being accurate just because our long-term memories are based on the repetitive intrusion of our present scene while we're remembering something, right? So they get a little diluted. We play that game of telephone. But there we have it. There's a very, very brief look at what human memory is and how it works so far as we know now. Why are we talking about this? Because for hundreds of years, people have been trying to alter memory in one way or another, whether through the propagation of differing historical narratives, a.k.a. burn all the books, uh, censorship, let's get rid of anything in that picture at Tiananmen Square, right? Uh, Hypnosis, hypnotic regression, brainwashing, like that old scene in Star Trek The Next Generation where uh, someone is torturing Picard and telling him to – you know, see a different number of lights. Yeah, or a Pledge of Allegiance that you have to say every day when you're at school. Right, which I bet is encoded in your memory too. And also with a little bit of cadence, right? Like like you can probably recite the entire alphabet in your native language, but if you have a native language that teaches children the alphabet in the form of a song, it's it's really difficult to do it backwards, right? I still can't. Because we don't know all, you know, we don't know all the letters independently. We know the song. Yeah. It's like, oh, which number is H? I'll get to it. Just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've we've had this history of people attempting to tweak, modify, revise memory, and we've had mixed results. In fact, for most of human history, the idea of purposely, surgically, and precisely deleting a memory seemed relegated to the world of science fiction. But what if we could turn it into science fact? Here's where it gets crazy. Man, we're already deleting memories. And at least we figured out how to do it, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we're, we're... we're doing it effectively necessarily, but some people have been figuring out the means. And um, there are multiple studies, current and, and very recent studies, that confirm that it is indeed possible to remove a specific memory or memories from an individual's brain. That sounds crazy. That sounds like eternal sunshine, but it's real. And it is crazy. Being real doesn't make it not crazy. I know, I know. You're right, you're right. (laughs) I I agree with you there. Like, okay, so there's a 2017 study from the Columbia University Medical Center on snails. Uh, Okay. All right. And so they found that different types of memories stored in the same neuron 
of marine snails can be selectively erased. Here's the important part, without removing the other memory. So they can just snip the one out. Uh, Here's how they did it. And this is as reported by Science Daily. They stimulated two sensory neurons connected to a single motor neuron of the marine snail. One neuron, one sensory neuron, was stimulated to induce an associative memory, something that brings up other experiences. Another was stimulated to induce a non-associative memory. And they found that they could measure the strength of each connection, and by measuring the strength of each of these synaptic connections, they could find the increase in the strength of each connection produced by a different stimuli was maintained by a different form of a protein called protein kinase M, PKM. And they have, they have a couple – there are two versions of this, right? A side and a B side. Okay. Associative memory, non-associative. And they found that if they blocked the specific type of PKM molecule involved, they could block and erase the memory that needed that, that needed that enzyme in order to hit the conscious mind. So it's all just chemistry. See this to me, uh, just the fact that it's being – that snails are our subjects to try and figure out if a memory can be, you know, changed or deleted. It it definitely brings up questions for me, more philosophical questions about the snail. But we do know neurologically those neurons, those mm-hmm. the way they're uh, at least if you think about it mechanically, how it's functioning, it's very similar to a human's neurons. There's a, you know, there's a thing that that remembers a connection that then goes to a motor neuron, which then will cause you to actually mm-hmm. do something to physically change, uh, make a physical change in your body. And then these two other pieces that they're messing with are just the thing that actually holds the connection to the memory. So, yeah. So they they found that not only could you block that recollection, but you could erase it by blocking not PKM itself, but you could you could erase the memory by blocking other molecules that help produce PKM, the enzyme, or protect it from breaking down. Whoa. So you can you they, they not only found the switch, they found the stuff that uh, removes or installs the switch. Whoa! Again, just in snails because you have to start small so you don't freak people out, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I, I I get it. The the good thing here is that this isn't some kind of diabolical. There's no diabolical reason behind wanting to figure out what this is, or at least that's not stated. Um, according to you know our understanding is, is that these researchers are doing this study to try and find some way to remove non-associative memories that end up triggering PTSD in people. Also, any kind of anxiety, like either general Mm -hmm. or otherwise, uh, within humans. I very much like this. Uh, I think many of us listening would, would, could do with this. We would appreciate this. Um, But again, the the researchers also are very, very careful, at least according to uh, the, the sources that we're using. They're very careful to say that this is kind of a proof of concept, right? Mm -hmm. A proof of principle, if you will. And it's not 
absolute proof that we can do this within humans. Right. We're more showing the relationship, the cause and effect between these molecules. But there are other studies. Uh, in a study by researchers at the University of California from back in 2014, they found that light can be used to erase specific memories from mice using oh. a technique called optogenetics. Yeah, and this is where it's feeling closer and closer to the eternal sunshine stuff, actually using a, a physical medium mm -hmm. to change memories, right? And it's not as cool as the, the memory-erasing flashlight in Men in Black. <sighs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So the scientists in this study used genetically modified mice as their experiment in their control groups uh, the genetically modified mice had nerve cells that would literally glow green and express a protein allowing the cells to be switched off by uh, light, Whoa. light being the mechanism. And so this allowed the scientists to trace the, the path of more or less a memory uh, from nerve cells in the cortex and hippocampus, and they could see which cells were activated in learning something new. They could also see which cells turned on when the mouse was remembering something, and then they could use a fiber optic cable to switch those cells off using light. Yeah. S whoa. It sounds so sci-fi, but this is how they summarize it. Quote, they trained the mice by placing them in a cage where they got a mild electrical shock. Now, normally, mice placed in a new environment will nose around and explore. But when placed in a cage where they have previously received a shock, they freeze in place because it's a fear response, right? Yeah. You can see, you can see why it would be illegal to do this with human subjects. Because they first showed that they could label the cells involved in learning and in later in recollection. Then they were able to switch those cells off so and that and then put the mice back in the place where they got shocked. And the mice had no idea because they, they their memory had been erased. So they just nose around like they would if it was just another cage. Mm -hmm. And then they did their homework, you know, methodologically speaking, they, they kept it hygienic because they were able to show that turning off different cells didn't mess with the memory at all. Yeah. Right. So so it, they did find they were able to hunt down the physical manifestation of a memory, which is mind-blowing. But this is just the beginning. We've talked about erasing memories in animals. But what about creating memories? What about the memories of human beings like you listening along or, or Matt or Paul or so on? We'll explore that after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. Now this is where we get into the real possibly creepy territory. Because we're talking about making memories that aren't real. Or at least aren't exactly the same as they could be altered to because science as it turns out uh, they're learning that some of the same processes that we used or that we can manipulate to erase memories can also be used to insert new recollections Ooh. that we haven't actually ever collected <laughs> it won't be a recollection it will be a New collection. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be a collection. Yeah, this is interesting. This came out just a few days ago, I think August 27th, 2019. In the magazine Nature, scientists uh, published a report proving that they have been able to create new memories by reverse engineering natural existing memories. And, and this is even weirder than it sounds, okay? So what they did is they took they took one brain, one animal brain, and they got a natural memory from it, right? Mm-hmm. Something that it would want to avoid, 
because as you can see, they're, they're teaching on very primal levels, pain response usually. And then after they had mapped out the brain circuits involved, the switches, the patterns, they had traced the web essentially for this specific memory. They quote unquote trained another animal by stimulating the brain cells of that animal in the pattern of that first memory. This created an artificial memory that behaved in the exact same way as the naturally occurring one. The same uh, recollection pattern, the same retention, everything. So the quote from nature reads this way. And these were mice, I should say. In the recent study, the natural memory was formed by training mice to associate a specific odor, in this case cherry blossoms, with a foot shock, which they learned to avoid by passing down a rectangular test chamber to another end that was infused with a different odor, caraway. The caraway scent came from a chemical called carvone, while the cherry blossom scent came from another chemical, acetophenone. The researchers found that this cherry blossom-scented chemical activated a specific type of receptor on a discrete type of olfactory sensory nerve cell. Again, just like Proust, smell is a primary, um, a primary medium for the encoding of memory. If you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. As most animals over time use that the scent, the sense of scent mm -hmm. to to find their way. The sense of scent, yeah, to I hunt, like it. No, to hunt, yeah. to know their mate, to know like sure. everything. It's and that crazy. still happens now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, like that earlier study. These scientists used optogenetics to activate those olfactory nerve cells. And what they found, of course, this is surgically implanted fiber optic cable in, the, in their heads. It's not like they're waving a flashlight at The them. whole thing sounds uh, barbaric when you think about all the shocking and the inserted cables. But let's continue. But it's for science, That's right. right. <laughs> so, so what they found – is that they could replicate this memory pattern in another mouse and that mouse would behave as though it had personally experienced this earlier foot shock. Just from the scent. Just from the scent would help trigger the memory, right? Wow. Uh, so they, they have a little bit of insurance here because it would, you know, it technically, theoretically, it would be possible just to use that experience of pain, of shock, to make a transferable memory. But doubling down by activating olfactory sensations, I, you know, that's pretty much what they're studying there. That implies a lot of stuff, potentially. Not all of it good. I know, I know we're supposed to be very positive and extol the benefits that this could pose for people suffering from very real uh, very torturous conditions like PTSD or generalized anxiety. But that's not where it's not like fire can fire can warm you. It can also burn down your house. Technology has never come with any sort of inherent ethical mandate. I, I, I don't know. You know why I'm I'm soapboxing a little bit about this, Matt? Is because of course DARPA has entered the game. Of course. <laughs> 
Of course. They were in this game before they even announced it. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. Um, really, that shouldn't surprise any of us that DARPA was like raising their hand going, uh, we'll, we'd like to be involved uh, because researchers associated with DARPA created this thing. It's a prosthetic to allow for better memory re- recall. Yeah, the uh, march towards super soldierdom continues. This is incredible. They're describing it as a prosthetic. And in the trial they conducted, they showed a 35% improvement in both short and long-term retention of visual information. Couple this with the drugs that mean people don't have to sleep. Couple this with, uh, you know, the genetic research going uh, going into the idea of giving people, you know, unbreakable bones, uh, mm-hmm. incredible uh, BMI naturally, that kind of stuff. We're we're building uh, potentially super people. Of course, I you know I'm being a little bit alarmist because all of these things are kind of siloed. Like the, I think most of the people who are working with DARPA money are just trying to prove their one very specific thing. Yeah, but once you Voltron that stuff, mm-hmm. mm, the future looks bright for very few. <laughs> uh, well. So we also know, since we're speaking about humans, we know tale as old as time, certain drugs can in, can impair or hinder memory, right? If someone drinks too much, they may not remember the entirety of what they did while they were drinking. If someone is using uh, certain narcotics or something, that will also impair their memory. Or some herbal supplements. <clears throat> Yes, some herbal supplements, cough, cough, cough. (laughs) But what about – how far does that go? Are there any drugs that are specifically designed to erase entire experiences while – and this is the tricky part. This is the part that uh, herbal substances, cough, cough, narcotics and alcohol don't do. When they remove memories, they remove like entire periods of memories. What if there was a way to – reach into the Jenga tower of human memory and steal entire floors without toppling the tower. That would be getting us into fully eternal sunshine territory, right? Like removing a single person from your memory inside the Jenga tower that is all of your memories. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. A real life eternal sunshine. And we have a another report here. This time it's from Scientific American. And quote, neuroscientists at McGill University and collaborators have just reported in Molecular Pain. Uh, which is a, a sci- scientific journal, not a really great name for like an early 2000s hip hop group. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds like both. Uh, but they, they've stated that the chemical with the evocative acronym ZIP. ZIP. That's Z-I-P. Not Zip Recruiter. Nope. Uh, but do use them uh, if you need to hire. ZIP can selectively wipe out the nervous system's memory of the chronic aches and pains that plague about one in four North Americans, apparently leaving other memories intact. Now, that's incredible. Removing the memory of chronic pain, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder because, again, I've said this before. My back hurts. It always hurts. Mm-hmm. 
if I if I don't remember that it hurts, is that what we're talking about here? It'll like, just be a brand new day of pain. <laughs> like, oh, that that does hurt. That's it, weird. Why does my back hurt? It'll be your first time every every time. That's know? what I've always wanted. <laughs> You've always wanted brand new back pain. I'm tired of the same old back pain. Yeah. Yeah, Zip is the street name for something called Zeta inhibitory peptide. This inhibits the memory-preserving enzymes we mentioned before, PKMs, right? Mm -hmm. So this is PKM zeta. We don't know enough to determine exactly where this stuff should be applied. We do know that it definitely works. So this puts us at a very strange, uh, a very strange crossroads. Here's what would happen if you applied it now. It would have to be injected directly into your spinal cord. Is not an over-the-counter tablet and Ooh. probably never will be. Uh, and if someone did that today, injected some of this zip up into your spine, we don't know. We know it would erase some stuff. We yeah. just don't know what. You might say, oh, okay, Eternal Sunshine style, I no longer have to remember this breakup that has riddled my life with regrets, which, you know, not to get too personal, I'm sure everybody has personally experienced that or knows someone who has. You can see why you would want that to go away. Mm -hmm. But you're rolling the dice in a game that no one knows the rules for. You might you might remove that breakup, sure. You might also remove the memories of your parents and uh, your entire family along with it. You'd be, begin mistaking your wife for a hat. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think I mentioned earlier the idea of talking about an inexplicable memory. I want to share this and see if we all have things like this. Um, and, and, you know, you might surprise yourself uh, when you find that that you have a similar thing. I have memories that I know logically could not have well, I don't understand how they would have occurred. So one of my earliest memories is being on the second floor of a church window or something like that, looking down, uh, and there's very bright green grass. There is a police car with the sirens on parked on the grass. And uh, there is a white bed by the window uh, with handcuffs and like blood on the bed sheets. I've had this memory ever since I was a kid. So holy sh! Right. Man. So it's got to be. It's surely the logical answer would be this is something I saw on television, right? When I was a wee tyke, maybe before words, something like that. Maybe. But I think we all have those sensations or those those sort of tableaus, right? That we we think like this is a very vivid image for me. Yeah. But I don't know where it's where it's from. I have one like that similarly in a church with a tornado warning of some sort or a sirens going off mm -hmm. and having to duck down and hide in a darkened room while the sounds of a train go by. But when I've recalled this to my mother, because it's such a vivid memory of mine, sure, she doesn't – she's not exactly sure where – when that would have occurred or which church or anything like that. And it's kind of similar in the way that I don't know if it actually happened. Did we get mind wiped? I don't know. That's the problem with this. Let us know about your your strange memories too because 
For the first time in human history, at least that we can recall, we are on the verge of artificially controlling the individual perception of the past. We have been making attempts as a species to control the collective perception of the past, but now we can open up the hood of every individual mind and start to tinker with it. We're close to doing that, and here's where the conversation gets sticky because, yes, as you said, Matt, the obvious hope is this can be used to remove painful, traumatic experiences that trigger anxiety, panic, PTSD. But also, uh, the same technology could possibly be used to non-consensually remove memories. That's the MIB style. Right, right, or whatever happened to us at that church. That's crazy. (laughs) I had no idea that you had a similar memory. But, like, what are some examples beyond PTSD about how this stuff could be used? Well, imagine that you're living in a country with some kind of authoritarian rule, right? Maybe you don't agree with those people who are running the country, so you'd be considered a dissident. Um, Now, imagine that within this country, you end up being detained, And you don't really recall exactly what happens, but let's say you black out for one reason or another and you wake up hours later and you can't remember Mm. all of the things that your government, this authoritarian regime, doesn't want you to remember. You remember your family. You remember that you have a job that you're going to every day. But for some reason, you just feel calm, like everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you even have a different memory implanted. Uh, And your memory is about how good it felt to, you know, say the pledge or whatever. Oh, wow. Which sounds like sci-fi territory, but, you know, it wasn't so long ago that the idea of erasing memories sounded like sci-fi. And then imagine that process occurring in mass, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Not just one person. Yeah. And here's another one. Imagine – this is a little bit less sinister maybe because this this could be legal at some point. Imagine you work with an organization, whether state or private, that requires you to handle proprietary information, uh, sensitive documents, top secret, compartmentalized your eyes only stuff. Whoa. And then part of your contract says that when you retire, you leave your job – that set of memories gets wiped. Dude, imagine if it's just a short-term contractor position with something like Groom Lake or (laughs) Area 51 where you only work for six months and then you get wiped. And then you wake up with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in your bank account and Mm. a very vague letter thanking you (laughs) and warning you. From some front company. You'd certainly prevent the next Bob Lazar. Yeah, quite possibly. And also, again, to be completely fair, this is this is spitballing and speculation. We there, yeah. But, but again, I don't think any of these are that much of a stretch. Yeah, but there's just so much more that would have to happen with the science of it. Very true. We're still, unless the technology already exists and has somehow been successfully suppressed, we're still very far away from these things. But now they are possible, if not plausible. Yeah. I mean, it's very much a Black Mirror style. Like, we can kind of see this occurring, or these would be how it would... Mm -hmm. These are a lot of the things we can imagine it being used for. And here's another one. This one, I think, will be exciting to some of the entrepreneurs in our audience today. Imagine a world where you can pay to recreationally experience the memories of other people. 
Mm. So let's say it's another thing Disney gets involved in. They map out the memories of historic moments uh, as as experienced by firsthand witnesses. They get like someone who's landed on the moon. Oh, they get Dr. Rendezvous's mm-hmm. memories? Yeah, they get Dr. Buzz Rendezvous's memory of landing on the moon. They map it out and now you can pay whomever for them to implant that memory in your head so that you get the firsthand experience of doing that. You wow. can also live vicariously and do, you know, philosophically it's it's almost the same as doing it yourself, right? To have the firsthand memory so you could participate in crimes that Whoa. you're not legally culpable for because they already happened. That's what it feels like to rob a bank. That's what – yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like to rob a bank or something. Oh, and, they would do terrible things for other stuff too. Right. And then if the memory becomes inconvenient, just have it removed. And given that we would be talking about a private entity selling this stuff, I bet there would be a lot of money spent on figuring out how to make the memory implant temporary. Yeah. Because you want to sell a service now, right? Not a, a product. So it would eventually degrade. But then also to end on a positive note, this is one I am personally excited about. Imagine the potential for learning. One day we might be able to encode knowledge sets, right? That's that's full-on Matrix stuff right there. Exactly. It's not that far from Neo, right? You can wake up being able to play a piano, speak a new language. Or uh, say, I know Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in a plane that's going down and you're you're talking to the air traffic control and they say, okay, break open the glass door by the, uh, by the cockpit hallway and inject yourself with this <laughs> thing and then, you know, just land Flash the plane because yeah. <laughs> now you know how to land the plane. Uh, it, you know, we're, we're very far away from that and we don't know whether we'll ever reach that level of sophistication. Yeah. But the truth is this is potentially an enormous tool for people who have stuff they don't want you to know. They may be able to use it sooner than you think. Wow. It's really intense. And just to – for my own happiness here, I can imagine if you combined a bit of a controversial technique, which would be hypnotic regression, but maybe even take – regression out, if you combined some kind of uh, therapeutic counseling session with some of these peptides, with some of the drugs and the enzymes that we're talking about with zip and these things mm-hmm. and to affect PKM, imagine if you were given a dose of something that was going to erase the things that you think about for the next 10 minutes to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you have a guided counseling session that walks you through the first time you saw your current partner, the first, like the way they oh, smell, it walks you through all of that stuff as this enzyme or whatever it is, is actually degrading all of those uh, connections. Then you do it like three, you know, to 10 times in a row. And then eventually it's just gone. I don't know. There's, there's, the, I, I see what you're saying. There's also this question though. And of course uh, this changes person to person, but there's always this question what makes us us? A lot of people who are maybe less on the spiritual side will say you are – we are or every person is the sum of their own experiences mm-hmm. and their own synthesis and understanding of those experiences, right? What I'm getting at here 
and I need to find a more articulate way to, to think of this, I'm getting at is the question of threshold. Mm-hmm. How many unsavory or unwanted memories can we remove before it begins to affect core components like personality? Uh, it's a great question. I'm going to say around 50. Let's go. For, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's <laughs> let's get past the mice, get straight to the people. Let's do yeah. some experiments. But in, in all seriousness, if if any of the the technologies and the experiments happening right now, if any of it comes to full fruition, um, and this is only projecting just from my own experience, but I can only imagine a lot of service men and women, people who've served in militaries, people who have been through traumatic experiences um, would really appreciate it and stand to benefit from a lot of this stuff if you could do it in a safe way. True. I really feel like this could be incredible. And memories are, you know, as as they say, memories are one of the most important things a, a person has. Memories, at least up until now, were one of the only things a person could possess that could never be taken away from them. That's right. Memories and loose diamonds. Memories and bags of loose diamonds. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We hope that you found you found this as fascinating uh, as we did, and we hope that you find the possible ethical concerns and possible consequences as thought-provoking and potentially disturbing as we have found them today. We want to hear what you think. Should we live in a world where people can sell the memories of others directly into someone's brain? Should we live in a world where you can take away the pain that a uh, particular memory gives you? And if we live in a world where that technology is possible, what is to stop other groups, organizations, institutions, or entities from non-consensually removing or implanting uh, memories that jibe with their with their desired pattern of the world. Wow. Wow. Write to us. You can find us on social. We're at Conspiracy Stuff in most places, at Conspiracy Stuff on Instagram. Yeah, ben, what is your personal Instagram? You can find me uh, getting kicked into and out of all sorts of places on my Instagram, named in a burst of creativity, at Ben Bolin. Most definitely. And Japan, there's some J- Japan stuff in there. A lot of it I did erase, uh, but some of it, some of it is still around. Yeah, there are memories of Japan floating out there in the uh, in the ether. All right, so uh, check that stuff out. You can find us on Facebook. Join our group. Here's where it gets crazy. Where you, you can talk with all of the conspiracy realists out there who have been listening to this. You can have discussions with them and with us. Sometimes it just yeah, depends. You, you can see me insisting that Matt Frederick is the Tom Hanks of how stuff works. Did uh, you see that thread? No, I did uh, not. Okay. Uh, he's also the, um, I don't even know what you, I don't know what the equivalent is. The guy that's never there. He's always around, but he's never there <laughs> on the socials at least. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wow, do you have a, Absentee Tom Hanks complex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It like, I love to. Tom Hanks, but he's never physically there for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, they never check your backyard for bodies. All right. So uh, you can also find us. Um, uh, well, one of the best things to do is give us a call. We are one eight three three stdwytk Your voice may end up on an episode. Let us know if you don't want it to. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, just... 
let us know what you're thinking. And uh, and please support uh, my good friend, ride or die, Matt Frederick, as he literally is the person who goes through those voicemails. Thank you so much, Matt. I have got to do a better job. This is like the fifth time on air that uh, me or our co-host Noel has said, look, we'll help you out. I, I really mean <laughs> it. I just need that login. Uh, but you may be saying to yourself, I hate the phone. I don't like... Uh, social media. Uh, we of all people get that completely. We're 100% on board with you. And that's why we always have one last way you can contact us. The rumors are true. You can send us a good old fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.